You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends at Draft have been with us for a long time now, and we're always happy to have them. And Frank, heater's still going. I'm still feeling it. Uh, I'm not feeling any of that. (laughs) I think it's three weeks in a row now. I've been in the money in one of our two drafts, so... I would say come take my money, but I'm going to take yours. So see if you can shut me up uh, on next week's episode. Join us on draft. I'm at Eric underscore name. Frank is at locked on Frank. And if you join us on draft, use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And that will get you a free play when you make a deposit at draft. That'll be a $3 free play. All of our tournaments or all of our leagues, excuse me, are three dollars so you can just hop in and use your free ticket for that so go ahead and do that today over at draft either download the app or go to draft.com the bucks win tonight 97 92 i think that's about as far as i want to go i don't know if i actually want to have this conversation because woof that was a bad basketball game yeah uh i mean as a uh Giannis stan uh barf um i mean thankfully he comes up with a couple of big plays down the stretch um to to help kind of get that lead that you know ultimately was too much for for the hawks to recover from late um but yeah i mean Giannis was i mean that his his continued inability to shoot was was exposed pretty badly today i thought hawks did a really nice job of just you know if this was a soccer game they would have said that they parked the bus you know they just sort of dropped guys gave him no respect um on his jump shot and Giannis was generally you know not interested in shooting jump shots but still took four threes that were you know all wide open didn't make any uh, I think I think Dean uh Dean Maniad I think our friend had him at one for nine before he hit that uh late clock mid-range uh shot uh late in the fourth quarter one of nine on jump shots um and you know this is a problem I mean Giannis um uh, takes the second most you know mid-range jump shots on the team and he's not good at them and uh, on nights like tonight when uh, the opposing team is able to pack the pain and uh, you know prevent him from getting a lot of easy baskets in transition you know it was like one of those things I don't even know if I'd look at anybody that the the, the Hawks put on him and said like oh they just did an amazing job and it was no. just there's just lots of bodies you know it wasn't like you know, James Johnson was out there or anything like that. But, um, I mean, know, it was, struggled. it was startling too, like how much help they were showing him. I, there was a play, I think, in the, in the first half where Giannis caught left wing and like Baysmore and I want to say John Collins from the backside sprinted like as hard as they could to get to the strong side. And it was, 
I mean, obviously we've talked about how the Hawks have some things in common with the Bucks' defense, and it was just an insanely aggressive overload, and, I mean, it affected them the whole night. Yeah, and I mean, you know, give him credit, right? 15 rebounds, um, three assists, could have had a couple more if those shots went down to steal two blocks. Um, you know, he, as usual, made some impact in, in other phases, obviously defensively in particular. Um, you know, the Bucks defensively had a you know a good night against a not good offense, obviously, but um, but that obviously ultimately won the game because certainly, uh, you know, in terms of ineffectiveness scoring um, Giannis was, was not alone, obviously. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe was 0-4 at halftime didn't have a point he ends up at least coming back with 14 points in the second half but you know five out of 14 some really bad shots as usual um some really bad turnovers um i you know i tweeted Six out on the night yeah i tweeted out i mean he you know nobody kind of just oscillates between spectacular and is he shaving points um <laughs> as much as eric bledsoe i mean uh <laughs> i you did know, not like, see that tweet yeah, I mean, you know, like late in that game, I mean, he has the huge block on John Collins and then he like dribbled the ball off his foot, you yep. know, on one play and then he can't get past Dennis Schroeder. Like he just sort of casually lets Dennis Schroeder pick him in the backcourt, ends up challenging the shot. I don't know if he got a piece of it. He had three blocks on the night, so maybe that was one of them. I'm not sure if he technically got credit on that, but, you know, then he comes back and uses athleticism to challenge a shot, force a miss. And I don't even know. I don't know if the Hawks actually scored on that possession, but Schroeder got um, it back. Yeah, yeah, they got it back. But I, I did it. They mm, score immediately. Or did I almost don't think they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Bledsoe was kind of all over the place. Um, you know, defensively, there were times where it looked like he was just not even like. You know, he had, he'll have like possessions where it's just like, are you trying? And then yeah. other possessions where he's locked in, and it's just like. You can't score on this dude, right? And three blocks and a steal. I mean, he got John card. Collins at the rim. Like, yeah, John Collins yeah. has put a lot of people on posters this year. Like, that is kind of the thing he is known for as a rookie is just yamming on dudes. And somehow Eric Bledsoe got him. Like, that, that block was ridiculous. Yeah, and, I mean, nine assists for him on the night. Um, you know, he – and these weren't really cheap assists either. I mean, these weren't just, like – ball movement guys hitting open shots or guys hitting contested shots i mean he was getting into the paint and getting guys at the rim i mean he showed good good understanding with tyler zeller who played really well 14 points on nine shots eight boards a couple blocks tonight um in 23 minutes so zeller you know zeller probably the one guy who actually really played well uh thon maker also shot the ball well tonight with another 12 point effort um so ironically you know other than the centers i think this, those two centers are the only guys who shot better than 50 percent tonight everybody else was under it um and so yeah bledsoe was sort of all over the place but you know probably in the second half more good than bad uh, i thought in the second half he came out and it looked like the three of middleton Giannis, and and bledsoe were, were trying to move the ball more ball kind of seemed to snap a little bit more in the third quarter um in phases but then you know the fourth quarter again they kind of bogged down and and let the the hawks get back into the game um so yeah just kind of an all, all over the place game um you know chris middleton quietly 21 points on 15 shots seven rebounds three assists uh the hawks are a bad team so you, you know i guess we can count on chris to to come through i, I don't know at halftime he was uh, two for eight and it did not look good like he was yeah. struggling kind of just as much as everyone else obviously a yeah. five for seven uh second half to even that out but he would for a little while i almost made the joke at halftime like well i guess maybe it isn't always good against bad teams because he he had a stinker going there for a little while too and you mentioned Bloodso and kind of the more good than bad i don't know 
what it is about Tyler Zeller. I don't know what it was about that second half, but if I can get those Eric Bledsoe dump-off passes when he attacks the rim for the rest of his time in Milwaukee, I will take them. I, I don't know how I get them. I, I hope it doesn't mean I have to handle six like six turnovers to go with nine assists on the nights where he can throw those passes, but like that's the... That's the creation I feel like with Eric Bledsoe that's always missing, that he'll be able to kind of hit some mid-range shots, he'll take some bad ones, he'll hit some bad ones, and then he'll turn the corner on pick and rolls and then kind of get into that middle area and not do anything. And tonight there was a couple possessions, and I think it might have been all three uh, to Zeller, but where he is able to probe just a little bit further, get a little bit closer to the rim, and then get to a spot where the big is attempting to figure out, is this guy going to shoot it? Is he going to pass it? And there was two or three times where he was able to get up in the air, fake a shot, the big commits, and then it was a dump off to Tyler Zeller. And I don't know how many times I've seen him make passes like that. Like, I've seen him make pocket passes on pick and rolls. Uh, I've seen him make skip passes. I've seen him throw passes one-handed very hard at people. Like, I've seen all those passes, but it's so – I feel like it's been so rare in Milwaukee to see him make those dump-off passes, and they were just kind of textbook where you just keep bringing that big in along with you and then – dumping it off at the last second and you get guys dunks and um, you look at some of the easy ones Tyler Zeller had tonight and that's what you're talking about just literally stay in the spot you're supposed to stay in wait for your guard to take up all of the attention dump it off to you and finish the dunk and uh, that should be pretty easy but it's pretty rare for the Bucks to get some of those and uh, again Thon Maker had one or two of those and um, I, I Again, with Bledsoe, you could still see some of those tendencies with the turnovers. Um, the one that kind of highlighted the end of the game where I think that put the Bucks up 10 on the maker dunk, but Bledsoe does like eight ball fakes on the fast break, somehow gets himself in the air underneath the rim, and just tosses it over his head, and Thon Maker gets a dunk. And I talked to both of them after the game, and I asked Thon, I was like, did you think there was any chance you were getting that ball from Bledsoe? And he was like, no. <laughs> He's like, I, I didn't give up on the play, so I was in the right spot. But, no, I I was just thinking, okay, maybe I can get an offensive rebound here. I wasn't thinking I was going to get the ball. And then I asked Bledsoe if he actually saw him, and he said, no, Thon saved me. Like, I I was in the air, and I saw, like, a flash. Like, I saw a white jersey, and I threw it, and Thon bailed me out. Like, Thon saved me. And you – there's just every it just feels like every time you watch Eric Bledsoe have moments where there are good passes and there are good vision like I just somehow want to harness that and say that's the Eric Bledsoe I want but it it feels like maybe that's not the Eric Bledsoe I'm gonna get but man there's just those moments and it feels like you actually have him yeah, I, I was looking through the just the play by play. I think he got on three layups tonight and Zeller two layups yep. uh, or dunks. Um, so I mean, and that's that's hard, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, a, a guy like Giannis is generally always pretty much just getting kickouts for for threes because that's just the way he is, right? He's if he's if he's at the rim, he's he's taking a shot as he should, right? Um, and otherwise, he's collapsing a defense, kicking out for threes. But so. You know, he's obviously a different type of player, but, you know, he he can make those kinds of plays. And, you know, at times he does show this good vision uh, that like triple pump dump off to Thon for the dunk was, you know, just a crazy play. And that, I mean, that was what I was sort of thinking of. When <laughs> I, I, was thinking I don't know of what that. his ball like. I don't know what those ball fakes were attempting to get, but yeah, 
It worked. I mean, I well, guess it ended up working. It, yeah, it was remind me as well that play. Uh, what was it a week ago where he like jumped up in the air like 18 feet from the basket and like realized, oh crap, I'm about to get blocked. And then he had somehow somehow ends up flipping it to Giannis, who had just like a clear lane for a dunk. Do you remember that play? <laughs> yeah, and he um, had one to Middleton where Middleton hit a trailer three. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was our I mean, land. Uh, it was over the weekend. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah like it keeps lately. Oh, it, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the the one I was thinking of was against the, in in Brooklyn. I think that yeah. was when Giannis had that that dunk. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, he he is capable of getting in a lane and, and getting easy buckets for guys. Um, but again, I mean, he's twenty eight years old, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't think like, it's coming. I don't want to act like you know you're going to dramatically reshape him into a different type of player. Um, but he is the guy who I think, I mean, he's always going to like, I think frustrate a lot of people just because even though, you know, uh, on most nights, the good, the plus plays are going to outweigh the, the negative plays. A lot of those negative plays, you can just look at them and be like, well, why did you do that? Like, what were you yeah. thinking? Like why were, or, or, you know, a possession where it just seems like he falls asleep, you know, it's just like, Middleton-esque in that sense. Like yeah. the fact that you're always going to have those plays with Middleton where you're just like, come on, man, you don't need to take that contested too. Like, and with Bledsoe, I guess it's going to be, you don't need to take that mid-ranger or what are you doing on that play where you jumped in the air? Like, I feel like both of those, both of those players kind of have those moments. Well, the interesting thing I was, and I forgot if I talked about this the other night, but I was looking at, um, on cleaning the glass.com, looking at the Bucks shot frequencies, you know, and, and, sort of how they you know the, the nice thing about cleaning the glasses it shows sort of the you know relation to that player's position like you know do they take a lot of mid-range jumpers or shots at the rim relative to their position and i thought it was really interesting because one Giannis takes a higher share of his shots from mid-range than bledsoe does and has taken i think a higher number of mid-rangers than bledsoe has and Giannis is like takes a lot of mid rangers because he's categorized as a big on cleaning the glass, so it's maybe not surprising. But um, like he's in the 69th percentile, so i.e. he takes an above average number of mid range shots, you know, relative to his total number of shots from mid range. Whereas Bledsoe is in like the 22nd percentile for point guards, meaning he takes actually a a, a low share of mid range shots um, for a point guard. I think the problem with Bledsoe though is like. You know, you think of point guards taking those shots like a you know a good point guard like only takes those sort of like late in the clock, um, you know when when sort of like you have to get a shot up. Yeah. Like Bledsoe will just take them like really early in the clock, which are just like oh dude, why why <laughs> yeah. then? You know, I mean he had that one. I think it was the fourth quarter. Where it was like he like caught it on like the right baseline and just like whips around and for some reason hucks up like a seventeen foot <laughs> turnaround. Yeah. Like nobody was like near him, but it was just like. What, what like why are you even like throwing that up there i don't know but um but yeah i mean that's just sort of the the maddening nature of uh of of blood so and you know again the the tools are incredible i mean that that fourth quarter and we didn't even talk about the dunk he put down on the on in transition on ursan <laughs> but i mean that dunk he he just put on you know dunked on ursan's head he had the block on collins that you mentioned he has the triple pump improvisational dump off to thon for the dunk you know those three plays are just like you know not many guys, you know, six one, six two, uh, or any size in, in some of those cases, like can make that play. Yeah. Um, and it's just like if you could just get those and then sort of erase <laughs> the not so smart ones, um, you know, then you'd really have something. But obviously, you know, that's that's kind of the story of, of Eric Bledsoe. But anyway, not to talk too much about Eric Bledsoe on, on this night, because certainly I think he was more I think reflective of just generally the Bucks kind of just 
you know, maddening uh, nature tonight on a, on a night when obviously they, they should have had a much easier time against a, a Hawks team that just isn't very good. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a struggle and, and I don't know. I mean, not that I necessarily really thought the Hawks were ever going to win. Um, it felt a little bit like that magic game yeah. in a lot, in a lot of ways. Um, Bucks get a fourth quarter lead. It feels like they're getting some separation and then, um, they, they get reeled back in, but, uh, ultimately, you know, not really that dramatic, uh, in the end with the Bucks managing to make some plays. Um, you know, Middleton does end up finishing 21 points on 15 shots. And, uh, you know, as I said, the big men, uh, with Henson out and Zeller again, I thought he was really good. His, his movement, his activity, uh, both rebounding wise and just going to the rim, finding, you know, spots to catch the ball and finish. Um, that was, I thought really impressive. And Thon, I mean, Thon is is making shots right now, and uh, we talked about you know is this real? Is it not real? Uh, he came into this game shooting over fifty percent uh, in February, and he continues that tonight, um, which was encouraging to see. And, and obviously, it's big because they you know they're, they're going to have to play him in these games when when Henson is out. And I thought probably the most impressive play was that um, that play where he caught in the corner and put the ball on the floor and and went and finished an up and under move yeah. like very fluidly, which. Like usually when Thon is attacking the rim and he's not doesn't have an uncontested dunk, it's not very fluid and it's usually pretty mechanical. But that was uh, that was an impressive finish. And uh, again, you know, this is the thing with Thon. Like you just hope that you keep spoon feeding in these minutes. At some time, at some point, he'll turn the corner. Um, but and obviously, whatever we you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to make any jump to any conclusions on this. But obviously, I think we're in a you know a middle of a, a more you know positive trend in terms of his performances of late well frank speaking of positive trends in terms of performance me on draft oh my god i just can't lose i can't lose lately which means i need new challengers i need someone that can step up to the plate and take my money that's always what i'm talking about come take my money come take my money and there was a while you guys had me not anymore i need I need someone to step up and take my money. No one's been doing it lately, so that means you need to join Draft. It's very simple. You can go to draft.com or you can download the app. It's very easy. And the best thing is we have a promo code, L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. That'll get you a free play with your first deposit on Draft. So if you get to Draft, you're new there, you make a deposit, you get a little ticket on your app that'll tell you, hey, you can get a free play in these leagues. And what we always do with our leagues, we do two every week. We make them $3. So if it is your first time on draft, you can get in there for free. You can get in there and play me and Frank on draft. And that is what you should do. Follow me at Eric underscore name. Follow Frank at locked on Frank. And then you can play each of us and you can attempt you can try, you can pray, you can, uh, uh, you don't, I mean, you don't have a chance, but you can try to have a chance. You can try to take my money. That's what I want you to do. Try it. I dare you. Try to take my money. Try to do it on draft. Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. That gets you a free play on draft on your first deposit. So, so use it and try your best. Um, I'm, I should go through my mentions real quick and see if I can find this, but someone asked me how many octaves lower my voice will be now when I ask 
is Thon Maker an NBA player? And I was like, well, I guess it's got to be much lower, right? Like it, it can't be as high pitched as it used to be. Um, but when you're looking at Thon, I thought just, uh, I think a couple things stand out to me right now. It was, I'm trying to think, I think after either the first night, maybe the second night Prunty coached, he mentioned the fact that we told Thon that there's going to be a specific look that when we run this action, this is going to be there. And that's something we want you to focus on. And again, maybe this is just me wanting to see it now that I have that kind of anecdote from Prunty in my head. Um, But it just feels like there's so much more purpose to, there's an intent to find, uh, to find Thon's strengths. So when you see there was kind of in the fourth, I don't know if it was the fourth quarter, but in the second half, there's a side pick and roll where it was going to be Giannis and I think Bledsoe. Actually, I think it was on the reverse um, that you talked about, that like that kind of up and under. It ended up being a double pick and roll where both Giannis and Thon went there, and Giannis ended up being the roller, and Thon found that kind of sweet spot on the baseline and had all day to set up the shot, pump fake, and then goes. And to me, that that feels very purposeful that you're saying, okay, Thon, we know you're not a role man. And I know we've talked about it a million times that we don't want to see Thon roll. I'm not interested in Thon Maker, the role man. I'm interested in Thon Maker, the pick and pop guy. And it just feels like in the last two to three weeks, we've seen Thon Maker pop guy. And is he always going to the three-point line? No. Sometimes it's mid-range. And does that drive me crazy? Yeah, a little bit. Um, But we're seeing... Thon Maker pick and pop roll guy. And then I feel like you're just seeing him be more purposeful. Like he's catching, and in those moments when he knows he can get that shot off, he can get that shot off. And tonight you see him pump fake there and go for a blow by, and he immediately went for that up and under. And again, that was just a move that I think in his head, it was a very simple read. I need to get to the backside, I need to find space, I need to find myself a little spot here catch the ball, be ready to shoot. If that defender comes, dribble past and finish. And there just seems like there's more of those moments where it's very clear to Thon what he should be doing. There's no there's a decision to make, but there's only one decision. There's not, I caught the ball in the middle of the floor here. What on earth do I do? Like those moments feel to me, and again, this is eye test anecdotal, that those moments aren't there as much anymore um certainly since pronti has taken over that it's very specific it's very um meaningful that you're going to do these specific things so i I think that's been really helpful for thon i think his reads have been a little bit simpler on the offensive end and i mean over the last three games he's caught balls around the rim and he's dunked them that's not a thing that he's always been that's that's not something he's always done It, it seems simple and it seems like something that you should do but He's been able to catch and finish, um, and you can just, I think, kind of see the confidence kind of brewing a little bit there from Thon. And I thought the moment where he might have even shown the most was Jabari's poster dunk. Like, that pass came from Thon. Like, Tony Snell threw it over the top to Thon, who caught it, and in one motion, caught it over his shoulder, turned and threw a one-hand pass to Jabari, who then dunked the basketball. Like that was Thon Maker. Um, I I asked him after the game too. I was like, "There's no way you saw him." Like no way. And he was like, 
oh yeah, I knew right away. He's like, as I was running up the floor, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. Like I knew I was going to go there. I was like, come on, Thon, there's no way. And uh, Tyler Zeller is there. He's like, "Mm, I don't know, Thon. And Thon then tells me, um, either he's like, I was going to make that pass. He's like, but at first I was just going to go and I was going to throw it down myself. And Tyler Zeller's like, come on, there's no way you could have done that. And Don's like, oh yeah, I, I would have had it. And both of us, like both Tyler and I like looked down like, no, Thon, that, no way. And he's like, I wouldn't have gone like through him. He's like, I would have, I would have hit him with the spin and then I would have done it. And then we're like, okay, Thon, right? All right. Sounds good. So it, it, it was just a moment where Things were easy for Thon, and it happened. And I guess when you're thinking about this team, yes, they've gotten rich against a bunch of bad teams, but th- this is a, a. It feels like a locker room that is loose right now. It feels like a number of players that are are playing confidently, um, even when they aren't having good games, because they haven't had good games recently. Like they had, they've probably had three bad basketball games in a row um, against the Heat. They didn't win, but they were able to make a comeback late against the Magic, they were able to finish that one off, and uh, tonight against the Hawks, they were able to finish off this one, and I, I don't know, it, it's just kind of interesting to watch uh, hashtag positive Prunty just wash over this basketball team and, and kind of figure some things out, because it, it just feels like a, a very positive vibe, and it feels like a number of guys just kind of having that confidence in what they're doing and how they're playing. Um, picking up on the discussion yesterday, Sterling Brown unfortunately continues his slump. He was just one out of six tonight. Did make one of four threes. It was. Um, was it his first one, or was it his second one? I, I feel yeah, like it, it was, was early, first. Half. I think it was early in the game, and of course, one of the threes uh, coming at the end of the third quarter, or not quite at the end of the third quarter, uh, got him a quick benching. Um, Jason Terry coming up with the steal. I think it was with like you know, like 13 seconds left or something like that in the third quarter. Um, Bucks could have stopped the you know basically just held it for a final shot. Terry kicks it over from the corner to Brown on the wing. He had an open look for a three. Uh, obviously, the idea was you hold for that last shot. Brown takes the shot, misses it, uh, and I think the Hawks scored then on the other end, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, not great, but he did come back in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Prunty kind of gave him the, the quick lashing and, and then let him go back out there. I think he missed another shot in the fourth quarter. Um, did have a steal and a block. Um, so, you know, again, I mean, I think Sterling – doesn't necessarily let it. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't think he lets it necessarily affect his defense, but his shooting slump continues. Tony Snow was two out of seven, but on a positive note, was two out of three from three. Uh, looked out of control, forcing some shots off the dribble, um, but did have those two threes, a couple of assists, three rebounds in 31 minutes. So, you know, again, not that Tony Snow had a great game or anything like that, but um, he did at least hit a couple threes. So hopefully seeing a couple shots go down, including his first one of the game. Man, going. First shot for the game. That was, was nice. I was going to say, Tony Snell in that first half, it was make, air ball by three air feet, ball. and then yeah. another make. And it was just like, okay, I guess, like two or yeah. three go in. That's, that's good. But that – that middle one, I don't know if he just decided last second to shoot it or what, but it was it, it was a good representation of this game. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Jabari Parker. Uh, he finishes two out of eight uh, from the field, three out of four from the foul line, three rebounds, uh, no other assist steals, blocks, seven points, um, even net rating in 18 minutes. Uh, kind of a weird game. I thought um, – 
I thought these last few games, um, you know, Jabari did have that terrific left-handed poster dunk over a couple of Hawks that you described. Um, and that'll obviously be kind of the talking point, main talking point for Jabari. Um, but he had another play defensively where it looked like, I don't know, it looked like he had some kind of discomfort in his leg. I mean, he didn't come off the court, like not like he went to the ground or anything like that. Just seemed to be walking kind of gingerly. It was a foul call, and he kind of looked like he was not quite right, but you know, stayed in the game, kept going, um, came back also for some fourth quarter run after that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, to be honest, even when he's you know dunked a few times, like it definitely doesn't seem like old Jabari explosiveness at this point. Which again, I, I understand, right? I mean, he's you know just coming off a second ACL. Hopefully that comes eventually. Um, but he was like, like pretty much all the bucks, uh, willfully short on a couple of jumpers in the first half. Uh, obviously wasn't very effective overall tonight in spite of obviously the, the one highlight play. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I would say, you know, these last couple of games, you know, we struggled against the heat, uh, obviously tonight, you know, not much, not much to look at in terms of, you know, his line, um, you know, defensively, not much <laughs> to talk about, um, but I think kind of reiterating, you know, as much as he was very productive offensively in those first few games back, I think these last couple of games are kind of probably a, a, an important reality check that, you know, this is going to be a process for this guy. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously some of the same stuff that can slow Giannis down, can slow down Jabari down as well. I think, you know, certainly I trust Jabari's jumper more than Giannis's. But, um, you know, if the paint is packed, he's also going to have a hard time getting the rim, getting easy buckets. And um, tonight, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think we're still all trying to kind of process like what we're seeing, what it means. How do we extrapolate what we're seeing from Jabari right now into whatever Jabari will be when he's healthy. Um, but certainly, you know, tonight was not a night where you'd say, oh, yeah, he's he looks better and better and better, right? I mean, the dunk was cool, but uh, overall, it, you know, another kind of, you know, it was a rehab. It looked like, you know, again, a guy who's still coming back from a, a serious knee injury. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch him right now just because you can tell he's not himself. Like, I, I think that's abundantly clear. Um, but at the same time, it's just strange to see Jabari not catch and, and put it on the deck or catch and attack. And there just seems like a bunch of moments where the Bucks will make a couple extra passes and then it will go to Jabari. And I'm just so used to extra pass, extra pass Jabari, and that's either a three or an immediate attack. And there's just times where it feels like it's just an ex- another extra pass. Like Jabari can't get the ball out of his hands quick enough. And it, it's just such a strange sight to see. And like you said, like this makes sense. He, this is a guy coming off a second ACL tear on the same knee. Like he's going to have some of these moments, um, but it, it's just a, a stark contrast to that first game because it just felt like against the Knicks, it was attack 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 and and it felt like everything was kind of in control and just there was a, a confidence about him a swagger about him and i think it makes sense as you go on your legs get more tired you're not quite as confident um this is going to happen but I, I after the game i had asked chris about what it was like to see jabari put two guys on a poster and he had said 
that was a good sight to see for everybody and also for him to get that first dunk for him on two people like that with your offhand. We need him to play aggressive. We need him to make plays like that. We need him to play assertive and not passive. Hopefully that can get him going some. And it, it was just, I guess, a little bit of confirmation that maybe some of the things I was seeing are also what some of the players are thinking just because – I don't know, maybe it it didn't strike you in the same way, but it just felt like so many times a night I would see him catch, and in my head I would be like, oh, he's about to cook. Like he's, it it didn't really matter who was covering him. He has player X on him. And with Jabari, a lot of times it doesn't even matter who's on him. Like he's going to catch, he's going to immediately put it on the floor to the right, in between the legs, attack the basket, or he's going to jab step and take a jumper. Like there's just so many times... I feel like now in the last probably three games or so in Miami, Orlando, and now this game at Atlanta or against Atlanta, where he just hasn't he hasn't been who I've come to know him to be, and I, I don't know. It's just, there's just some weird dissonance for me watching Jabari Parker make the extra pass. Like it ultimately, like extra passes can be good, but not when you're one of the guys coming off the bench that needs to score. Like that's your ball. You're the man. Like go, go score. Um, what I thought I was going to ask you. So, with obviously the the two point guards hurt, Giannis is you know essentially the the point on these sort of second unit runs. Now he's getting where Jason Terry's in the game. Typically, a lot of times you know Sterling Brown and Thon are in the game as well. Uh, I think Tony Snell's gotten some of these minutes. Um, so he's often been kind of out there with you know no other. You know, like a lot of times without Chris or Bledsoe, um, and then he's running. You know, basically bringing it up, and then they're like running a lot of like floppy action off both sides, and he's like looking for. You know, he's like standing like thirty feet from the hoop and looking to find guys coming in or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I mean, like, I like the idea of of giving Giannis opportunities with with the point guards out to initiate run offense. You know, I think it's a good sort of you know, thing to kind of remind him of. Obviously, he did this a lot a couple of years ago, um, less so, you know, maybe over the past year. Um, I mean, I don't mind it at all. I, I just, I'm not really sure. I'd have to check kind of what the numbers look like, what, you know, how they've done with him um, running the offense like this. But it's just kind of tough because he's like, you know, it just, it just feels like, especially on a night like this where they're sinking off him so much and just packing the paint. Um, I, I don't know, like seeing your, hyper athletic rim attacking guy just trying to throw passes to guys coming off screens it doesn't feel like it's necessarily the best use of his skills um but we've also obviously talked about why it's also kind of hard to have him you know just run high pick and roll as well um because teams can kind of take it away um, more easily because he they know he can't shoot and he doesn't want to shoot um so I, I don't know any any thoughts on sort of what you've been seeing from Giannis in in those scenarios I mean for context as well so Giannis is having probably his worst month of the last year and a half. Um, certainly efficiency-wise, he's at 51% true shooting. Last year, he was never in any month worse than 56% true shooting. This year, same story. He's you know been been very efficient all year. Um, you know he's not shooting well from the line. He's not shooting well from the field. Um, still giving you 22 points, 10 boards, four assists. You know, I mean he he still gives you you know all-star numbers. Um, but obviously, he has not been nearly as effective as he has been over the last couple weeks here in February. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you, do you, do you think there's some clear issue here with Giannis? Do you think it's just, you know, tiredness? I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously he's played against some good defensive, you know, matchup or some bad defensive matchups for him as well. Um, any other kind of thoughts on kind of what we are and aren't seeing from Giannis right now? Um, I'd be curious. And I guess anytime I say something like this, that means Dean will look us up and tell me how wrong I am. Um, but it just feels like his jumper has not been as effective as of late. Obviously, uh, Dean mentioned he was one for nine tonight, but when that's the case, I just feel like a part of him kind of deflates a little bit and he just isn't quite as lively. And I guess the, the tough thing with Giannis is trying to strike a balance between him bringing the ball up the floor, which is excellent, and can really open some things up on the fast break. And uh, I feel like when he's attacking in transition, that's when he's kind of in his element. That's when he's seen passes and he's able to get uh, deep into places and find open players. And he's able to do all of those things that make him a, a great playmaker. But when he brings the ball to the floor to set up a, a floppy action, like that's just not a good use of him. Um, so I guess for me, like, it, it's just, it's essentially what it always is with, with Giannis is you have to find ways to make the action you're running for him dynamic. And that's difficult because he's not a great shooter. Teams can just sag off of him. But I do almost wonder if it's better to have him just get rid of the ball quickly to a wing and then run some action and then get him the ball back in the middle of the floor again just so that there's – some dynamism to him having the ball in the middle of the floor or maybe he gets it on a wing instead just because with the way that they've been shooting as of late I feel like if he has the ball in the middle of the floor it's great to have him in that spot Um, but at the same time I don't know how big of a threat how much gravity those other guys have at the moment so I, I don't it it's kind of a a tough thing to try to figure out uh because he's he's been uh, and again, uh, I mentioned him having a bad night um, until he hit the shot that made it 86-84 and 88-84. Um, and Joe Pronti was quick to remind me, like, bad games are relative, which I totally agree with. But Giannis has been bad as of late. Like, he has struggled. And I, it's tough to for me to kind of figure out ways to get him out of it. And it's, I don't know. I, I literally I wish I had better answers, but I have nothing right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for in terms of shooting, I, I was just trying to get some splits for the season. But, um, you know, via basketball references, probably a few days old in terms of the, the shooting data, because I don't think it's it's always as up to date. But um, on long twos this year, Giannis is shooting 35 percent last year, 34 percent. The year before that, 36 percent. His second season, he was 39 percent. His rookie year is 22 percent. So. I mean, on long twos, he's had zero progression just from a percentage basis. Three-point percentage, I mean, you guys know the story. I mean, his best year still is rookie year. He's 35%. The years after that, 16%, 26%, 27%. He'll be around 29% after going over for tonight. Um, you know, 10 to 16 feet, kind of a similar story. Like, he's like 35% this year, 34% last year, 29% year before that, 42% the year before. Um I mean, he probably takes harder shots now than he did previously, certainly because he's taking so many of those kind of turnaround fadeaway shots, which, you know, I feel like he made too many. And now he 
settles for them way too often. I don't think he took any of them tonight, um, but I feel like over the last couple of weeks in particular, I mean, that's just like a, a terrible like quality shot. You know, I mean, it's again like you want Giannis to to work on it somewhat, but you know, in a game, it's, it, it, it's sort of those things like if you take one and you make it, okay, maybe you can take another one. If you take one and you miss it, how about you retire it for that shot? Because I feel like in the post in particular. He's never regret. I mean, he's. I feel like he's become extremely passive when he gets the ball in the post, and he's basically just settling for for jump shots at this point. Man, and, do you remember when he was just like baseline spinning dudes and dunking on yeah, them with two hands? Yeah, like, that, was step, a, that was a that was a step. Giannis, drop step. Giannis is like nothing makes me happier than seeing Giannis drop step in the post, and I feel like we haven't seen it in a long time. And you know, we he still doesn't really look like he wants to just turn and take like little hook shots, which you know again is would be like the most unstoppable shot, right? Cause yeah. like nobody who guards him is going to be able to really contest him, you know, throwing little 10 foot hook shots over his shoulder. Um, but yeah, it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating. Cause obviously, especially, you know, from a post post perspective, um, that's obviously one very direct way to get him the ball in, in the post. But when he, you know, now sort of only seems to be able to get very difficult shots and obviously, you know, I mean a 35% long two point shot is just a horrendous, you know, thing yep. to even settle for and it, it's hard i mean I, I to be honest i i would be fine if Giannis came out in one of these games like tonight where they're just begging him to shoot jump shots just take 10 freaking threes like i i'd be fine with it like if you go one out of ten two out of ten i to be honest i don't even know if i care like i i mean it, it's just kind of like deflating when you know he takes a few and it only really plays into the team just, you know, I mean, it just screws up the spacing so I mean, that's when, the Russell Westbrook corollary, right? Yeah. Like, he he jacks threes all the time. And he's never been particularly good from three. Like he, but that doesn't stop him. And then yeah. teams actually come out and guard him closer. And obviously that, that makes him a little bit more dynamic. But there's been plenty of nights where Westbrook goes one for eight, one for nine. So I, I would agree. I'd be interested to see it. Yeah, and I mean, and to reiterate, right? I mean, if Giannis is shooting thirty-five percent on long two-point shots, I mean that's a point seven expected value, right? Which is horrendous offense. Yep. Um, I mean, if he makes a quarter of his threes, which is a horrendous percentage on three-point shots, it's still a point seven five expected <laughs> value, yep. right? And it's also forcing teams to consider the possibility of him shooting out there, and you know, making you know if he starts to hit that. With you know, if, even if he's just hitting thirty percent, but taking a lot of them, it at least makes teams think about defending him. Because again, teams, teams are it's it's weird. I mean, like you have to be very conscious to just let guys take uncontested shots. And you know, again, I, I, that's one of those things that that still kind of bothers me. Because I think with like Chris and and Bledsoe, like we talk all the time about them settling for bad shots. And I feel like with Giannis, we sort of tolerate a lot of his like very low mm-hmm. expected value shots because you know it's kind of like well we love Giannis and also you know we kind of know that he needs to develop that more in order to kind of reach his true ceiling yep. um but by the same token it's like hey you know some of these long twos like especially ones where he like catches thinks about a three and then like takes a couple rhythm dribbles and settles for like an 18 footer off the dribble I mean that's just you know that's just bad, right? I mean, that, that, terrible you know, and basketball. Again, yeah, and I mean, for him, the challenge obviously is, you know, he he wants to attack, and if he probes and then it's not there, a lot of times the natural thing is to pull up for a two point shot, and that's why I don't 
I don't hate it as much as I do for somebody like Chris. Um, but Chris is also a great mid range shooter. So it's, you know, a little bit more tolerable as well from just a value standpoint. So anyway, not to like, I mean, whatever, I don't like say like ragging on Giannis, but again, this is just sort of like when you think about like, how do you get the absolute most out of Giannis? How do you weaponize him the most fully, um, these are the kind of things that you have to think about, you know, where are you taking your shots? And, um, you know, it's, I think his mid range jump shots sort of are like the silent killers of the bucks offense. Cause he takes tons of them and, um, they're just, they're not worth a lot. Um, and so again, I, I think not necessarily saying, Oh, just don't take shots anymore. Giannis, Cause I don't want that either. Um, <laughs> but just take more threes. I mean, again, yep. like the, just, when when you know the teams are are you know not respecting you, just just shoot them. And I mean tonight, I don't think he really missed them badly or anything like that. So you hope that he he keeps going with it. Um, but again, you know there are going to be nights where, it, you know, again they're just going to throw lots of bodies in the paint, and and it's going to be hard, especially when his teammates don't pick up the slack either. I mean he just didn't have other guys knocking down shots either, and that's obviously the the best way to to stop teams from from completely collapsing on him defensively is is to get some help so anyway worth watching um hopefully also you know just a week off here for the all-star game hopefully that also maybe brings him back a little recharged um but uh certainly we've been spoiled to a large extent and some he's had certainly more he must have had more sub 20 point games in the last two weeks than he had all the see the rest of the season i would guess because yeah. i think he's had like three or four in the last couple of weeks so hopefully that starts to turn around all right, that's going to be it for us for tonight. Bucks win 97-92. Ugly nights for the entire roster other than Thon Maker and Tyler Zeller. Um, <laughs> As expected, right? Yeah, just just kind of how everyone drew it up. And honestly, to their credit, like they were kind of the guys that helped keep the Bucks in this game. And uh, obviously they were able to make a, a run late and – kind of close things out but uh kudos to both of them for finding a way to persevere on a night where everything was kind of ugly so bucks win um that is gonna be that's gonna be it for us for tonight i don't even want to go through all the stats for Giannis, chris and blood so like i normally do because they're not good so i'm good i'm not going to um bucks win 97 92 that was frank i'm eric this has been locked on bucks and it was brought to you by draft head over to draft.com or download the app, use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks, and that'll get you a free play on your first deposit at draft. Use that and take my money. I dare you. Try to. It's not going to happen because I'm on a hot streak, and I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it in draft. So come try to take it from me. We'll see if you can do it, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Frank. 